0: The, uh, the title of the message today is Doing Life Together. Doing Life Together, and if it's not immediately obvious what that's about, hopefully you'll figure that out uh, pretty soon as we get into the lesson. We've been doing this series of lessons from Ephesians. Ephesians was a letter that Paul, a Christian missionary, Uh, back 2,000 years ago, some 30 years after the time of Jesus, wrote to the church, a church, in Ephesus at that time. a church, that city no longer exists, but at that time it was the third largest city in the Roman Empire, behind Rome and Athens. So it was a very important city. There was a church there. And uh, so he wrote to them. And the whole theme of this series, we've been going through starting in chapter 1, verse 1. Now we're up to chapter 4 today. Uh, we're about halfway through the six chapters of Paul's letter to the, uh, the church in Ephesus. The theme is Be Rich. And it's very encouraging because uh, Paul is sharing a lot of things about what it means to, be, uh, to love God, to worship God, to be a Christian. And he's talking about just how rich, how blessed we are in life. Uh, And how the opportunity that we have really because of what God's done for us in Jesus. So we've learned a lot of great things already. Uh, The first three chapters, he's talked about uh, really primarily God, who God is, and what God has done for us. And then beginning here in chapter 4, he's talking about, he starts talking about how we should live. Sort of what our life should be, our practical response to what God has done for us. And interesting enough, the first thing that he talks about is the church. And Ephesians 4, verse 1 through 16, we're going to cover that today, is really, more than anything, an inspiring portrait of what God intends for the church to be. Now, certainly today, I think it's probably safe to say that church... It certainly, in America, is less popular than it has ever been. Are you aware that somewhere 70 to 80 percent of people in America do not attend church? Uh, there's a lot of confusion about church. Uh, there's a lot of people who feel like they've had a very bad experience with church. There's a lot of people who claim to be Christians, and you know they would say that they want to be Christians, but they feel like church is perhaps optional or even unnecessary. And some people would actually go so far as to feel like church has hindered them in their faith in God. Uh, one of the things that you hear commonly, and maybe you felt that way or certainly heard it is, I don't want to go to church. Church people are just a bunch of hypocrites. Yeah. Ever heard that before? Um and so I think today is going to help us because I believe there are many people who are genuinely confused about what church is and about really why church is important. And so hopefully Paul's going to help us out with that today. I believe he will. But let me just say if you've had a bad experience or you're have questions about church, I get it. I understand. Uh, certainly there are a lot of churches that are full of hypocrisy. Certainly there are many churches who, uh, I would not defend their practices, uh, the way that the leaders of that church function and live and the way that the church, uh, is. And so we understand that, uh, it's a little bit of a mess here, uh, especially in America church. So we want to go back sort of to the, uh, the beginning. Let's go back 2,000 years ago and uh, look at what the Bible has to say. Here's what Paul has to say really about his church. And I would remind you that uh, even I believe just last week we read this wonderful one-word description of church in Ephesians 3 verse 14 and 15. It says, for this reason I kneel before the Father from whom his whole family... In heaven and on earth derives its name. There's your first clue of what church is supposed to be. Do you see that there? Church is supposed to be a family. A spiritual family. How, how rare is that in our world today? You know, of all the things, and I think this is one of the things that we are known for, and I think appropriately known for, is being a church Family. But let me suggest to you that perhaps even as much as that may be a strength, that we may need to go even further in being more of the family that God wants us to be. I would say that even in our fellowship, it seems that church, for some, has become perhaps somewhat optional or not optional. important as it used to be. Let's look and see what Paul's vision is, and really I believe God's vision is, for the church. We'll read Ephesians 4, verses 1 through 16. As a prisoner for the Lord, then, Paul's writing, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle, Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body. Now, he's talked about that earlier. The church is known as the body of Christ. Christ is the head. It's an illustration. It's an analogy. The church is the body of Christ. There's one body and one Spirit... Just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, and he quotes from the Psalms, When he ascended on high, he led captives in his train and gave gifts to men. What does he ascended mean except that he also, Jesus talking about, descended to the lower earthly regions. He who's descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. Again, Jesus. It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers. To prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ, again that's the church may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. And we'll stop right there. What you should see already is that God's intention, God's vision, God's plan is that through the church we would experience all the fullness of Christ. If you try to separate yourself from the church, if you pull back from the church, you are never going to be as rich spiritually as God intends for you to be. Going on. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves, blown here and there by every wind of teaching, and by the cunning and craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is Christ. From him the whole body, again the whole church, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Now, let me ask you, do you understand why I chose the title for the lesson today to be doing life together? See, because the truth is church is not so much a place to go, but a people to be. We are to be a family. We are to be connected relationally. We are to gather. We are to meet. We are to share. Not just on Sunday. And not just on Wednesday. But we are to do life together. And together we can grow and help each other and build each other up. And love each other and encourage each other and minister to each other. And we can see ourselves grow. Church is a community of believers who have come together because of their love for Jesus. They come together and their desire is to go, let me put it this way, on a road trip together. you like road trips? We're all on a journey to heaven. We're all just packed up in this road trip of life. And we're all in this together. And we're going to be there for each other and help each other along the way. We do life together. Through all the stages of life, in all the situations of life, we help each other and we are there for each other and the church is able to grow in that way. You know, I've been uh, leading and ministering in this particular part of the church to this congregation for about 11 years now. Now, I'll say that not to encourage you to get rid of me. <laughs> but it's been a while. And some of you have known many more years than that. And in this family, we, we, we have children that are born. And we do marriage together. And we parent together. And we just do life together, in sickness and in health. We do weddings together. Our children grow up, they get married, and they have children. That happened to me recently. Have I mentioned that lately, that Russ? That I'm a, I'm a grandfather now. Yes. Robert Reese Neal, the ninth. You know what that makes me? The seventh. I am the seventh, and my son is the ninth. Sometimes we just call him, sometimes they call him Reese, sometimes they call him number nine. <laughs> Somebody asked me one time if, if our family was really important that we kept naming all these generations Robert Reese. I said, no, but we have always desperately wanted to be. <laughs> so we just keep naming our, just keep having sons, keep naming them Robert Reese. But these are all, we're just doing life together. You know, sometimes uh, we even have to do death together. And certainly we've had people that we love dearly die in recent years, even in recent past. Church family. Family of family. But it all works when we do that together. Do you realize that is not the way it is at most churches? Do you realize why most people choose? A ch- if they go to church, you know why they go to church? Because either they have a great music ministry, or they have a great preacher, or perhaps both. You know what the best reason that you should choose any church? is because they have a great church family. Amen. Yeah. This is what God's vision is. That we live together, that we do life together. And it really works that way. It's an amazing thing. It's an incredible thing. If we do life together, something very surprising maybe starts to happen. Is that even, it's somewhat spontaneous, I believe it is actually a supernatural, God. We just start growing together. And it's not even necessarily intentional. Have you figured that out yet? Just our involvement with each other. You know, it's like it's like growing up in a family. Have you ever heard the uh, the expression that uh, more is caught than is taught? Well, then if you have never heard that, Marlin, now you have. As a school teacher, you should know that there is more caught than taught. In other words, even like with my mother, and I had a wonderful mother, have a wonderful mother, but it wasn't, I can remember some things that she said, like the talk when I was 18. But more than anything, the impact that my mother had on my life that helped me to grow, to become whatever man, whatever good things that I became as I grew up, was because of what I saw in her life. And I saw the way that she lived. And I saw how she dealt with challenges. And I saw the work ethic that she had. I saw the character that she had. I saw the choices that she made. It's not so much what she said, but how she lived. When we do life together, we have an opportunity to impact each other more than you can imagine. And I hope that we can all appreciate that today very much. Just going back through this text a little bit, let's, uh, let's just briefly look at a few things to help us to understand the way church is supposed to be. Now, the first thing he says after he says, live a life worthy of the calling that you received," verse 2, immediately he just says, be completely humble And gentle, patient, bearing with one another in love, and making every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Now why do you think that's where he started? You know why? Because we are a church full of sinners. And the deeper our relationships, and the more involved we are, and the more life we do together, the more we are going to sin against each other. The more that we're going to irritate each other. You know, I'm sure that you're like me. If I was not in a church that was a real family there, were many, there would be many things about myself that I would never know or understand. Can you relate to that? I, it was only when I became a part of this church and this family that I became aware that perhaps there was pride in my life. Perhaps I needed to learn something about gentleness. You know how I learned to be patient? Doing life together with people like you. You know how I learned to bear with others in love? Doing life together with people like you. And you learned that from me. See, sin is never part of God's plan, but it is a reality. The church is where broken people get fixed. And we're all in this together, and we all help each other in very unique and special ways. Now, if you are not broken, then this is not the church for you. Because we got a church full of broken people here. Hopefully we're taking sin serious, and hopefully we're growing, but we're doing it, and it takes time. Have you ever noticed that growth takes time? Whether it's a plant or a small child you don't see growth day to day or even week to week it's only over time god says here's my plan to grow you get a group of people like this in a community and you guys just just get involved in each other's lives and you know what's going to happen? It's not, it, without even intent, there's going to be challenges. This is how you're going to learn to deal with people. This is how you're going to learn to relate to people. This is kind of how you're going to learn to repent of sin. This is how you're going to learn what sin is. This is how you're going to learn to forgive. This is how you're going to learn to move on. This is how you're going to learn to deal with bitterness. This is how you're going to learn to be patient. What do we know about that? Many of us. What would we know about that apart from this church family? We're all growing up. Now let me just say this. In the church family, we don't have any grown-ups. We only have people who are growing up. Because none of us have arrived. You know, I was thinking this week when I was studying for this lesson and the, the challenge to be humble and all that kind of stuff. And I started trying to think, I wonder over the last 11 years how many people in this church family I have had to apologize for to for things that I have done. And how many times I've done it. Now, I don't want you to go too far with that, okay? <laughs> Just accept it as true. But God, because I'm in this family... Gives me the opportunity to see myself like I never have seen myself. Right. You help me. Now sometimes I don't appreciate your help. <laughs> but nonetheless, you're helping me. As we do life together, the first thing we got to do is accept the sin is part of it. And, and and ironically, that's why a lot of people leave say, so, well, you know, they're disappointed, they're hurt, they're sin. Yes, yes. The church has never been perfect, nor will it ever be perfect. But is it possible that in the infinite wisdom of God, that our imperfections, even our sin, can be part of what happens that we can use to actually help and grow in our lives? I believe it can. Then he goes on to say, he starts talking about verse 4, one body, he mentions seven things, one body, one spirit, one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Instead of going into a lengthy theological discussion about each one of those things, I think what Paul is doing is saying, I understand That in any congregation such as this, we are so different from each other. Have you figured that out yet? We have different backgrounds, different ages, different levels of education. Some of us are poor. Some of us are a little better than poor. Some of us are actually paying our bills. But we're a whole range of people here, and we're so different, and sometimes it just seems crazy. How could people as different as all of us do life together? And Paul says, Well, let me remind you, in all the differences, and I understand all the differences, there's quite a few things that all of us actually have in common, right? In the one church. We have the same spirit living within each one of us. We have the same hope of heaven. We have the same Jesus as Lord. We have the same faith that will move. We have the same baptism. We all have that in common. At some point in time, we made a decision to follow Jesus, and we were baptized into Christ for the forgiveness of our sins. It may have been recently. It may have been a long time ago, but we all have that in common. We all got into the church the same way. We have the same God. Then he begins in verse 7, talking about all the gifts of God's grace that he's given to each one of us. How we can use those gifts, and those gifts are intended to be used to serve and to build each other up. And then he gets to, in verse 14, what I think, I'll read it again, is sort of the, the summary of the matter. Then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves, blown here and there by every wind of teaching, by the cunning of craftiness of men and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head. That is Christ. From Him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. The language of the church is really there's three different ways that we perhaps communicate in the church one is by preaching. We present the Word of God. We call each other to make a decision about the truth of God. Another way is by teaching. We teach things that people perhaps we need to know, and we teach each other, and we help each other understand things that we don't know. The third way that is actually more common, and even certainly as important as any of the others, It's just through conversation. As we do life together, we have conversations with each other. As we respond to a sermon, we share our lives. And as we do that in a very natural and organic way, we offer encouragement. We offer hope. We perhaps share solutions and experiences that we've had that have been helpful to us. And God moves in a way that we grow. You know, the, the primary reason I would tell you that we come here on Sundays is not for the worship service, but for the conversation. What happens before church and what happens right after church is perhaps going to be way more important than anything happens during the worship service. Do you understand what I'm talking about? One of the things I loved about our church from the first time I came so many years ago to one of our fellowship of churches when I was just starting out, the thing that was most surprising to me was that whenever the service was over, nobody left. Right. Everybody stood up. People started hugging. People were smiling. People started engaging in conversations. You know why? Because our church, we're church, we're doing life together. Some of those conversations that we'll have even the day afterwards are going to be very important. We're going to be sharing lot things about our life that Or perhaps going on right now that are very serious and we need help, we need encouragement, maybe we need to repent. In any given Sunday after church, you know, you'll see people here and there and I don't know what's going on, but it seems like it's really serious. You know what I'm talking about? And that's a good thing. We're here, we're doing life together. There's an opportunity. If you have it, you take it. The truth is... Most of the conversations that are going to go on the day afterwards, in one sense, are absolutely mean nothing. Do you know what I'm saying? You know, in our church, a lot of what's going to go on after is a lot of people are going to be laughing. I don't know what they're laughing about, but they're enjoying themselves. And they're enjoying their life together. There's going to be people in here, and after we get through, there are going to be people in the courtyard. We're going to be spilling out in the sidewalk and there's just children running everywhere. (laughs) And we're going to be here for a while, maybe not as long today because it's Mother's Day. But what are we doing? We're doing life together. Some of those conversations will be trivial. I know I'm excited about sharing with people how upset I am that the Clippers lost Friday night and the Kings lost last night. (laughs) And I'm just telling you right now, I need some encouragement today. And if the clippers don't win this afternoon, oh my goodness, I hope it doesn't ruin Mother's Day.. Yeah, I, I shouldn't even have mentioned that. All, all the moms, and the other, why did you even say that? That was unnecessary and unhelpful. Yes. But see, it's not what happens Let me just be honest with you, okay? Church service sometimes is boring. Sometimes it's uninspired. It is. Sometimes sometimes church is just ordinary. I'm telling you. Now I'm telling you, this is me trying, okay? But I come to church, and I am, you know, I mean, there are times I go, well, you know, the the music today was, you you know, it was a little rough today. You know what I'm talking about, Marcel. Sometimes I hear sermons, and I go, I'm sorry, that was boring. And I'm just talking about the sermons that I preached. But I want you to understand that's not, that's what people out there, that's what most of the Christian world is basing their whole Christian experience about. And they're missing this, the missing part is they don't have the church family, they don't have the relationships, and they don't have the conversations where they help each other to grow. Most of the growth that we experience. It's because of the conversations that we have with people in the oddest times, and the oddest situations. There wasn't an agenda. There wasn't a plan. We were just talking. We were just being together. We were just living, doing life together. Amen. And things came up that ended up changing our lives. Yeah, right. And sometimes we don't even remember where we heard it. There's an accumulation of wisdom and maturity that develops, and it just permeates through a group like this of people, and when we do life together, we all benefit. We all come together, and and, and it's, it's really a wonderful thing. You know, sometimes we think about, and we do put too much importance on just the worship service. And it's a little bit like, you know, we're going to celebrate Mother's Day today. And we're going to make every effort to have a good meal. Now, and my, my children are all coming over, and my children's wives are coming over. Number nine is coming over. <laughs> Very excited about that. Anytime number nine is over, we're, we're excited about that. But we're going to make every effort to have a good meal. Because uh, you know, Mary, it's going to be a non-GMO meal. Okay? We know that. We know that. But it's going to be a good meal. But, you know, the reason that we're coming together is not for the good food. And if the meal isn't everything that we wanted it to be, nobody's going to be disappointed. Okay. setting you up setting you up for lower your expectations because your your children are planning the meal and i i don't know what they're planning you have planned a meal haven't you joseph okay but see it's it's really this is what we understand it's not about there's going to be a meal but it's not really about the meal is it it's about being together. It's about sharing your life. It's about sharing your love. It's about doing life together. That's the best description of the church that I could come up with today. Is what is it supposed to be? I had a good week last week. I hope that uh, you did. I, last Sunday, Mary Kay and I were speaking over in Santa Monica. So we weren't here, but uh, I understand you guys went to the church in the park and you did some life together. You gathered. It was a beautiful day. You were outside. You sang some songs. Marcel opened the Bible. You took communion together. You had a meal together. Your children played. You hung out that afternoon. And you did life together. Sunny night. We got back, and all the uh, the married women small group leaders came over to our house. They meet once a month at our house, and uh, they meet in our living room. And uh, they make me go to the back of the house. <laughs> and this happens every time they come over. They're over for about an hour and a half, and I'm in the back of the house. I don't know what they're doing out there, but all I hear is women laughing. It's just they laugh, and there's a short break, and they laugh some more. And then there's a short break, and they laugh some more. And I go, what are they talking about? And you know, I don't even know if they have an agenda. They just get together, and they share, and they spend time together, and you know what? They do life together. And they have fun and they build bonds and relationships. You know, the Bible says here, the way we grow is we speak the truth in love. I think we've misunderstood that a lot of times because we focus on the way that we speak to each other. What I really think is he says, what he's really saying is you have a church where you have bonds of love that have been built with each other. So that when somebody does share some truth with you, you can hear it. That's what we're why are we doing life together? Why even times like in the park where it may seem like nothing really significant happened? No, something very significant happened. You know what we did? We built relationship, we built trust, and we built love. And then when the time comes and there's something important that we need to talk about, then we can hear it from each other. Because we're a family. That's why we got to invest. we got to invest more and more in our church. I had a good week last week. Tuesday we had a staff meeting. Six full-time paid couples of the Lifeway Church meet together most Tuesday mornings. You know what we did? We did some life together. Lifeway Church, real life, God's way. One of the women had a birthday. You know, what we did. We celebrated. <laughs> we shared good news. We talked about different things coming up in the church. And then we had a conversation about how we were, how we were doing spiritually, and what we were feeling. One of the brothers broke down in tears. It was very emotional because he'd been feeling a lot of things. He'd been feeling a lot of things about his ministry, feeling like, you know, perhaps he was not succeeding or perhaps he was failing and he felt insecure. He shared that with tears. We were all together there to encourage him, to build him up. We were doing life together came together Wednesday night. Hans and Tina from Tartu, Estonia, spoke. We didn't understand most of what he said. But what was clear was that he loved God. And he came a long way to say, thank you. You know what we did Wednesday night? We did some life together. Constantina stayed over at our house. We had breakfast the next morning. Did some life together. Friday, got with Les Callahan. He went with me to the Verizon Wireless Store. Had to get a new phone. Some of you know I've had my phone. I had my phone for a long time. Yeah. Unfortunately, Thursday night, I accidentally uh, smashed the screen. You know, it was really shocking, Marcel. I went to the Verizon Wireless Store and I, I said, I'd like you to replace this phone. They go, We do not make that model anymore, sir. I know that that probably really surprises you. So I had a, but last night, he helped me. You know, we did some life together. Then we went and got coffee. Show me pictures of his recent trip with the family to Europe. After that, I got with Mike Steffen. We had some lunch. Shared our lives. Shared what's going on. Did some life together. Yesterday morning, went with a group of people. Feed the homeless. We did some life together. Sally was really a problem, and so we had to... Those of you there know we had to work with her a little bit, but Sally, you know, she seems like a sweet, sweet lady, but you get her in the kitchen at the homeless shelter, she comes, come a, a Nazi. I was like, really, Sally? Really? We poured too much apple juice in the containers? Marlin was out of control. He kept insisting we go back and get more ice. We did some life together. One of the brothers had a birthday party last night. Yeah, some of you have already seen the pictures on Facebook. It was, it was off the hook. I mean... food was great. John Reed was a DJ. The music was pumping. You know, we were just, uh, it, was, it was awesome. You know what I'm talking about. We're just, you know what we're doing? We're, so, we're doing life together. We're doing life together. Do you realize, I just want to, first of all, I want everybody to appreciate how special what we have is. That's not what's going on in most churches. We're in this together. We're building these bonds that really, supernaturally, are going to grow us. And they do grow us. What I want to encourage you to do is I think some of us frankly I'll just go back to something I said in the beginning. Some of us need to repent. Because in your mind and heart it's obvious in your life it's obvious in your actions you have somehow decided that the church is somewhat optional and not as important as it used to be. And you could not be further you could not be more wrong. I want to encourage all of us to invest in our church even more, perhaps, than we've ever done before. Understanding this is how we grow, this is why we grow. Good books, inspirational music videos, and beautiful sunsets are not enough. We need each other. Some of us have been around here for years. The reason that you're the way that you are and you've grown to where you are today, and you're not growing up, but you're growing up, is because of all of this working together. The vision, God's vision of the church, is every supporting ligament, joined and held together, growing and building itself up in love, as each part does its work I want to close out this way I want to ask you to stand up and I want to ask you to uh, bridge the aisles come together I want to get us all arm in arm move toward the center Noreen you got to move this way move toward the center Marlon you're moving the wrong way oh you're trying to get the baby in there Come on Dr. Joe. Every supporting ligament. Now. Here we are arm in arm. I want you to do one more thing if you can. Some of you, I don't know if you can do it, but I want you to I want to connect the rows. So if you're on the end of the row, you need to touch the shoulder of somebody in front of you. You see what we're trying to do here? I see you over there, Roy and Janet. You're okay. We're all swimming in an ocean of grace. It's okay. See, because we got to make all the roads connected. See, this is a picture, this is a physical picture of what God intends for His church to be. Every part of the body, each part doing its work, connected, each supporting ligament, all together, everybody, building, building ourselves up in love. Let's have a prayer together, and we'll close out. God, thank you for the opportunity you've given us to do life together in your church. Uh, thank you for showing us the way. Many of us, before we came to this fellowship, had no idea what was possible, or how we could really grow by having the kind of connections that we experience here. Thank you for making that possible through, this, through Jesus, through the Spirit. Uh, thank you for helping us and teaching us and helping us to continue to grow. And uh, may we be even more committed than we've ever been to being a true church family and uh, doing life together. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Enjoy your Mother's Day.